0: Welcome everybody to Monday Night Live. Today I have got Alex Kent with me. Alex uh, is a long-term friend of the Monday Night Chat Show, but let me tell you just a little bit about uh, Alex. Uh, He went to Oxford University uh, and obtained a doctorate and then joined uh, BP Chemicals um, as uh, a graduate recruitment. Maybe he he cheated and came in a bit uh, bit higher up. Uh, We'll find that out in a minute and uh, had a great career with BP Chemicals before uh, taking advantage of leaving and setting up his own business in uh, coaching, uh, advising, leadership and management. Welcome, Alex, thanks for, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your wisdom uh, with us tonight. Alex, tell us what you learned at BP Chemicals.
1: What did I learn? Well, um, when I first started, it was, it was my first job, okay? Uh, and I came out of university and, and my degree was in chemistry. So I was uh, employed in research. Um, so I learned a fair bit about what it takes to put together industrial chemical processes. Uh, because BP Chemicals at that stage was uh, I don't know, something like a $5 billion company and making hundreds of thousands of tons of chemicals. Um, Probably not so green nowadays, but uh, that's what it was then. Uh, So I learned a lot about doing fundamental research, but with an industrial context.
0: And um, you went through the management chain and ended up um, managing some um, strategic business units. Was was somewhere like Grangemouth one of yours? Because that is a a real uh, non-green place.
1: Uh, Well. The, the, the chemicals business is a number of sites, and then the businesses have different um, manufacturing facilities. At, uh, you know, so one site isn't necessarily one business. Well, it wasn't in those days. Now, but, uh, I sort of moved out of research because I was sort of getting more interested in people and business than in chemicals. Um, so I initially moved into a strategic planning role. So having dealt with things at a very small level, you know, when we were sort of working with uh, at the, uh, the sort of the research level, you'd, you'd work with small quantities of material uh, and in strategic planning at the group level, we were working with uh, businesses and, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of turnover and profit and what have you. So quite a scale change.
0: Yeah, sure. And you did tell me when we were rehearsing this, you invented something at one stage as a chemist.
1: I did, actually. Uh, It was um, a fragrance chemical and we built a plant up at Grangemouth, which ran for a few years. Um, I don't think it's still operational today, but uh, uh, we had a patent. I had a patent uh, for that uh, and sort of worked from a very small scale up to the, the big plant level. That was quite interesting.
0: And is a fragrance chemical totally manufactured uh, from oil or, or whatever, or does it have? It can be. It can or be. Does it have flowers and uh, things that the French perfumers would put in it?
1: Um, I think there are two routes. I think there are ones which are totally synthetic, and then there were the, the ones which this one was, or at least the chemical we made was a precursor of a, a totally synthetic product. Uh, and uh, there are ones which you can obviously extract from uh, raw materials, you know, natural materials.
0: OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us. So, so you uh, you're a bit like me and some people on here, um, had a second career, done some other things uh, rather than being in big brother and big corporate life of the uh, 80s and 90s. Um, at what point did you decide to change your career? And uh, what is my Sherpa?
1: Well, first of all, I, mean, I had a lot of fun in, in, in BP running businesses and I guess, you know, sort of ran businesses between, I don't know, 25 and Four hundred million pound turnover. So I saw a lot of that, but it got to the point. It would have been what uh, the mid two thousands where BP decided we don't really want to be in chemicals any longer. So it was one of, probably one of the first oil companies to sort of say we're going to exit our chemicals business, and they've com- virtually completely completed that in the last few you know in the last year or so. But the first tranche was about fifteen years ago. And so I decided, well, actually, I enjoy working with people, I enjoy working with businesses. So why not take what I've learned with big business um, and help, you know, the small and medium-sized uh, business clients. Uh, so in we in my Sherpa, what we do is uh, bring together like-minded people, CEOs, MDs, typically, I don't know, one to 50 million pound turnover type businesses. Because these people, I don't know, Derek, you can probably identify with this, they're, they're, they're often quite lonely at the top. They don't have anybody who they can talk their problems through with. Um, so we come together as a group, we share problems and issues, um, and actually they all help each other come up with some new insights uh, and, 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 and new ideas for problems that they've got.
0: Um, so it's seems similar to the Mastermind group, really, in... Uh, be, perhaps, perhaps a little bit more formal than uh, than that
1: the other thing we do is we bring in uh, expert speakers speakers like yourself uh, derek um you know people at the top of their game who uh, can teach these guys uh, you know that i work with something new um because often you know they're learning you know who, who actually teaches you business these days or teaches you the uh, the techniques and tools that you need in business um it's often quite difficult to find that so we bring in you know people like yourself to to run master classes and that helps as well.
0: I mean that's one of the things that I often talk about to uh, my friends and to my Barclays friends actually some of my Barclays friends we all uh, we all worked at Ashdown Park and learnt a lot of our training at Ashdown Park and guess what where Alex and I are going next Wednesday for tea cucumber sandwiches and a cup of tea at the ashdown park hotel which was one of your customers i think Alex. it was
1: know? at one stage yes yes yeah
0: so i'm gonna have my camera and take a few photographs where i uh, learned everything i know but don't let mark i think it's say. changed
1: a lot derek since then at least. Oh, okay. not on, at least on the inside probably yes
0: i wonder if the ghost will still be there that will be an interesting thing to uh, look at. Anyway, we'll take some pictures. So Alex, let's turn to this little bit of work you're gonna demonstrate uh, to us. Um, it's certainly an exercise I know that you use a lot with your clients with, on your leadership and your management program to get uh, what I would call people thinking outside the box. So uh, I'm gonna hand it over to you and I'm gonna be your co-pilot now in the background. So uh, tell me what you want me to do next.
1: Yeah, well, we're gonna, we're gonna do a bit of a demo. But just, just by way of introduction, I mean, um, one thing I like to do is, is to give people something. So I'm not a professional speaker, but my aim today is to give you something which you can actually use. And what is it I'm gonna try and give you? It's a new perspective on problems, or at least it's a technique for uncovering new perspectives on problems. And that's what we're going to have a look at in a minute I'm going to demo it in a second with uh, with Derek uh, so you can see how it works and then you're all going to have a little chance yourself to have a go at it um, it is a practice so you know this isn't going to be we're not going to solve uh, big problems on this but we're just going to give it a go and, and see how you get on I do have um, an offer for you at the end which is if you uh, struggle with any of this and you want to learn more about it uh, just ask me um, just contact me and I will give you some get it all today just contact me and I'll take you through it again you know uh, so that you can get the value for it Um, if it works just let me know Um, it's always useful to have some
0: feedback Alex, your screen froze for just about two seconds there and I got into a slight panic. Okay. Uh, but I think it's when you said that, so you would uh, discuss it with people. Yes, um, if, uh, it's difficult day to day.
1: do this in an hour, uh, Derek. So if anybody wants to follow it up for free, um, just contact me and okay. I'm sure Derek will put on the uh, contact details on the, the follow up email.
0: Okay, brilliant.
1: Okay. so. Um, I think, Derek, if you could throw up the slide, um, this is the only slide I'm going to show you today. And what I'd like you to consider or to think about is this equation. Um, A problem is equal to a fact plus an interpretation. Problem equals fact plus an interpretation. Just consider that for a second or two. So in principle, um, you can have a number of different interpretations, which would cause you to have uh, different views on problems. By fact, I mean something which is evidently true, something which can be proved, um, which I'll try and show you. Now, your task today is to just think of a problem and you're gonna go into little groups in a minute or two, sorry, not in a minute or two, but in, in a few minutes to try and establish what is the fact what are the facts and what interpretation is being put on that. Because if you understand those interpretations, then you might have a different perspective on the problem. So Derek, can you drop the the slide just for a second again, please? In fact, Derek, what does it say behind you on your poster?
0: It says, um, the only obstacle to getting what you want is you.
1: So this is a little bit of that actually. Sometimes the obstacle with a problem is you and it may be the interpretation that you're putting on it. So as I say, we're gonna demo this with Derek. So Derek, have you got a problem ready which you would like to share with, uh, with the group? Or with well, let me,
0: think. let me think about that uh, just for a moment, Alex. Uh, and this
1: can be a business problem, it can be a personal problem, uh, but I wouldn't go for anything too heavy because we haven't got time.
0: OK, well, Chris Cooper, when he came on, another Leicester City supporter, but we better yeah. not go there. Chris Cooper, when he came on the programme, said his goal was to, to make a difference to a million people. And that yes. really rang a bell with me. And yeah. I went back and looked at how many people I may have made a difference to with the chat show, uh, with YouTube, with the podcast, with my newsletter, the people I've spoken in front of. And I added it up to over half a million. So I thought I'd like to go for a million as well, but I can't really see how I could uh, possibly get there, Alex. So I think- Your problem
1: is you can't see how to get from um, where you are today to a million. Yeah. So that's your problem. Now, what I'm going to do is to try and work out what are the facts here, what's the interpretation that Derek is putting on it. And that's what you're going to try and do in your group. So one person is going to put a, a problem and two are going to try and help interpret what are the facts and what's the interpretation uh, that's being put on that problem. So Derek, what's the fact here? How do you know you've helped um, half a million people?
0: Well, I went back over the uh, 30 years I've been speaking, working for Barclays, running training for Barclays, and and then the uh, conferences I've spoken at ever since I left Barclays, and I added up the numbers. Then I looked at uh, my YouTube channel and saw that uh, how many views that had had. Um, and it has had over 350,000 views. Um, podcasts, I can't measure, but it doesn't matter. So when I add all that up and I've sent out 259 newsletters, and I get roughly uh, um, I get roughly um, 750 opens to each one of those Monday Monday night ones that adds up I made it about 550,000 so that was that was near enough that's a, that's about right some people won't have opened them I know that but uh, the offer is there and, and I've done that.
1: So just for clarification to try and understand what the facts are you know um, some of those people will be the same people maybe opening different newsletters or attending different so w- what is it you mean when when you say half half a million is it is it half a million um individual views individual connections or is it half a million people what what do you mean
0: no it's half a million views actually yeah yeah right half a million that, views okay right,
1: so right. that's a bit of an interpretation you're starting to put on it already so um the fact so we could establish the fact that you've had half a million contacts and it may actually be a, a, a smaller number of people who you've been in touch points with.
0: yeah i think touch, touch points. points is the word so comes. you
1: want you want a million touch points yeah
0: that yeah, right? that's the goal.
1: So what's, um, what's the reason it's a million? Just because somebody said?
0: Fabulous number. It has seven figures and uh, I clipped it out the air because I like big goals. So I'd rather have a big goal and not reach it than a small goal and reach it.
1: So what if it was if it was larger than that?
0: Well, I think a million might be pretty tricky, uh, Alex. Uh, I think you might have thought I'd gone crazy if I'd have said two million.
1: If you're talking about touch points, yeah. so, uh, what, what's, um I'm just trying to think what sort of interpretation you're putting on it here. What, what, what's, um, you know, sort of hearing you say, well, that sounds like a large number, but you've gone from half a million, you've gone to half a million in, in what period of time?
0: Oh, probably 25 years if I'm counting back. But a lot of those will have been recent. A big percentage will have been okay, recent. Okay, so
1: how many, would have, how many would have been in, say, the last year?
0: Um, hundred and fifty thousand, maybe. Okay. But in the last five years, probably two hundred and fifty. Uh, yeah, two hundred and fifty thousand. So it's moved up as the internet has taken off and um, Zoom, etc. It's moved up quickly.
1: Okay, so I don't want to go um, down this too quickly. But what what we've established through this is looking at it is what what Derek really means is touch points, not individual people. And there's, um, my sense is you, you may be underplaying where you could get to, because if you've had 150,000 in, in the last year and you had uh, 500,000 over the last 25 years, your rate of, um, is that the right way? Your rate of acceleration is quite large over the last year. So maybe um, something larger isn't, isn't necessarily limiting.
0: No, i can see that i can see that yeah i'm and not
1: trying to put words in your mouth but just uh, just sort of uh, just I, a scale I,
0: like, on. I like big goals and um yeah if i can start enlisting people's help to get more people to to uh sign up to the chat show look at the youtube channel that would be uh, that would be great i need to think about that
1: okay so um by the end of the the session uh team who was on on this call by the end of the session, what I want you to do is to put your best idea for Derek reaching at least a million touch points. And what's your time scale, Derek?
0: Well, wow. um, under the pressure of coaching from you, Alex, I think I should uh, not say it's uh, three years. I should probably say it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a year, maybe.
1: Uh, look, it has to be in, in your own words, not what I think it should be.
0: No, well, we'll go for 18 months then. 18, 18 months.
1: months, okay. So what's, what does that take us? So the end of um, end of 2022, is that right?
0: Yeah, I like that. That's good.
1: Okay. So That's we good. have to help Derek get to a million by the end, touch points by the end of 2022. So your best ideas in chat before the end of the session, so Derek can pull them off and uh, get him off the launch pad. So now we're gonna. You're gonna have a chance to practice this, and and if Derek can do the behind the scenes magic and put you into groups of three, so the way it works is one of you is going to offer up a problem, and the other two are going to try and untangle what is a fact, things which you can prove, uh, which are you know self-evidently true, and what are the interpretations being put on it. And the idea of getting those interpretations is to see if you have some new insights on the problem. So, so that, Alex,
0: Alex I've got, I'm have got i creating seven breakout rooms. So there'll yeah. be one group with four people in it. Um,
1: okay, that's fine, I, yes.
0: I think before I press the button, it before would be good you, if you just repeated what the task is for everybody just to clarify it.
1: So we're only gonna have time in this round for one person to offer a problem, as I say, it could be a business problem, it could be a personal problem, and the other uh, two or three people in the group are helpers. They're gonna ask questions to try and establish what are the facts around the problem and what are the interpretations being put on the problem by the problem owner. The aim is to see if you can come up with some new insights on those problems. Now, um, one of you is gonna have to volunteer to put forward a problem. If you've got a group which hasn't come up with a problem, then the person whose mother's maiden name is nearest the beginning of the alphabet has to put the problem. So that's, that's the rule. If you, can't, if you can't find a problem, the person with the mother's maiden name at the uh, nearest the beginning of the alphabet, you are it, I'm afraid. You're gonna to have to come up with a problem. Uh, but look, don't pick anything too difficult. This is just a practice. If you get stuck, just uh, type into chat and we will try and join your breakout room to help you along. And we're going to give you, I think it's 17.24. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you about eight minutes because we want you to come back afterwards and just report back. We'll ask a few people what a little bit about the problem and what fresh insights they've had.
2: Okay.
0: The breakout rooms will be assigned automatically. So anything could happen here. <laughs> uh, one person's actually working on a call who's on, so he's listening. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, yeah. Good luck with the task and uh, no, uh, no fibbing about your mother's maiden name to avoid the uh, <laughs> task. I know what these people are like, Alex. Oh,
1: of course you do. Yeah.
0: We can't trust them.
1: And it's not a yes. That's right. Yes. <laughs>
0: Okay, all the rooms. Are you
1: opening now. the? You opening the oh.
0: All the rooms are open now, so okay, uh, good. you should be able to see that you're in a room, Alex, as well. Which you, uh,
1: I won't join that at this stage. No,
0: that's you're in with Gabby and Nigel, in theory. So uh, people are going into the rooms now. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you, you? You can't see the breakout rooms, Alex. Can you? Um, no, I. I yes, meet. I
1: can. I can.
0: Okay, you should be able to see my screen. But that was great. Well done. Thank you.
1: And pause the recording.
0: Pause the recording, absolutely. I would have forgotten that. Pause the re- They're all coming back. There's Godfrey, Chris, John. Um, trying to see.
1: Okay, I think it looks like they've all come Well, they must have all come back now because we closed the rooms.
0: Yeah, unless they've dropped up. out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, looks like everyone's back. So welcome back, Alex. Welcome back, everybody. We're, we're, we've are we got the recording going. How did it go? Over to you, Alex.
1: Right, so let's uh, let's just... Um, just I'm going to start with room one, where we've got Grace, Mark and uh, Charlene. Who had a problem from that room?
3: Grace.
1: You, you need to unmute yourself. Grace. Where are you, Grace? I can't see you on my screen. Hang on.
0: Grace is at the bottom with a... Uh, camera off because the camera uh, internet's not very good, so we'll probably have to listen to Grace. Okay,
1: Grace, can you hear us?
4: Yes, I've finally worked out how to unmute myself.
1: Great. And um, are you okay? Just briefly sharing the problem that you put to the, your little mini group.
4: So the, the problem I put to my mini group, and um, having qualified it with, um, not sure if this is a problem in the spirit of the exercise, was yeah. my reluctance to embrace social media.
1: Your reluctance to embrace social, embrace social media, yeah. So did they help you understand or break that problem up into a fact and various interpretations?
4: Um, yes, and they helped me come up with a solution.
1: Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, tell us more. By a computer.
4: <laughs> I, I voiced it and through their questioning, yes. which I quite liked, Yes. They helped make me realize I don't need to overcome my reluctance to embrace social media. Right. I need to spend my time and energy finding someone who enjoys it to do it for me.
1: Oh, well, looks like you had a good team there helping you. Well done, Mark and Charlene. Uh, Mark and Charlene, do you want to add anything? How did the process go?
4: Um,
0: I think to begin with, it was quite interesting. Um, We thought we were going to go down the maiden, mother's maiden name route, but uh, luckily (laughs) Grace Grace chipped in, which was great. Um, And uh, interesting just sort of teasing out what the issues were. And part of it was um, not being completely au fait with the tools of social media. And then we broke it down into sort of personal social media like Facebook and business social media like LinkedIn. Yes. And um, on the basis, it was to try and help um, highlight a charity and things like that. The use of, of LinkedIn and so on would, would be a, a quite a good way of doing it. But as Grace rightly said, it wasn't really for her. Charlene, do you want to add any more?
4: No, I think you sort of um, flagged the, the point, and, and I, I, I think Grace alluded to, I think sometimes it's just a case of prompts that can sort of
2: shift your, your thinking.
1: That's the whole point, isn't it? Just to, just to maybe a little shift and, and see if you can get a different perspective on it. So, so really well done. And I'm really impressed that you've managed to achieve that in about eight minutes. That's really very good coaching. Well done. Um, let's move on to group two, where we've got uh, Martin, Paul and Tim. How did you get on? Did you have a problem?
5: I'm going to defer to Martin, it was his problem and it was personal nature, so he'll share what he wants to share. Are
1: you okay to share it, Martin? You need to mute, unmute, I'm afraid. We're, we're just getting lip reading at the moment.
6: Yeah. That was our first problem. <laughs> yeah,
7: that, that took a little
5: while to solve.
7: The first problem was unmuting myself. Anyway, um, no, I, uh, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, her only brother, um, lives in New Zealand, which is a long way away from here. Mm-hmm. And he's lived there for yeah. over 30 years. Uh, he did visit a few years ago here and he's not in the best of health. He's in his late 70s. Yeah. Uh, he's got a number of issues, uh, both with his health and with his family situation. And you know, we try and help as best we can, but it's a long, long way away. So for the last two or three years, we've been thinking about uh, my wife flying out there and spending perhaps a month or six weeks there because if she doesn't, we don't think he's going to come back here again. Yeah, and uh, she won't see him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, their other sibling is in her eighties, so uh, she, and she can't even leave the house, never mind flight to New Zealand. So uh, whilst we looked on, occasionally have looked at uh, what the travel situation might be like, we haven't kept pace with it. And of course, it's changing all the time. And given the current situation, we're still reluctant. To go internationally in an airplane to any distance at all so that was so my how problem did, how, how, how did, do we,
1: how did Tim and Paul help you with the uh, the problem what what insights well they you they,
7: they seem to understand the problem and very quickly latched on to some of the information I need to get together uh, which will be current at the time I get it all together in the same place such as the pandemic restrictions both here and there um, the um, best way to get there either direct or via some uh, transit point <clears throat> and um, to fully understand exactly what New Zealand's situation is uh, in terms of letting people in and letting them out again. So they were the, they were the facts that I needed to focus on yes. and, underst- and understand before I get to a true view of um, what the possibilities are.
1: And any interpretations that uh, maybe I ask um, Paul and Tim was was Martin putting any interpretations on this situation, which might affect how he looked at the problem.
5: My my sense is that he interprets it as. Um... More important to do soon than he was letting on. Uh, yes. I think there's a sense of urgency, urgency there, yeah, yeah, and, and and so that really caused us both Paul and I to uh, to, to exert some energy quickly. Um, yeah, and I even offered that he could land in the United States or she could land in the United States because we're flying <laughs> everywhere.
2: Yeah.
5: Um, so and anyway, yeah, I think that the interpretation was it's. It's important, it's urgent, and it's family.
1: That's brilliant. So actually dealing with some of the practicalities may make this thing, uh, you know, you realize the urgency, uh, or to get over the urgency. Mm. So well done. Well done. That's, uh, that's really good again. Have we got time, Derek, to maybe pick up one or two more groups?
0: I think so. We're doing, uh, we're doing fine for time, Alex. Let's, yes. um, let's see how many we can get in.
1: Uh, Let's go to group three, where I've got um, Chris, Godfrey and John. Did you have to resort to the maiden name?
7: Uh, Well, uh, John, by default, has lost his voice shouting for Southampton. (laughs) Chris uh, didn't have a problem. And I was only talking about a problem which actually I've just before uh, coming on air um, managed to resolve. So you better go to other groups and just come back to us if there is time at the end.
1: Okay, so we've got we've got a very select group next, and I've got uh, uh, I think it's Gabby and Nigel, isn't it? Just a group of two. So yes, we, how you work
6: um, We discussed and uh, used a the, the, the problem synopsis really is social media engagement, mm-hmm. and. The sort of facts are how do you reach your uh, targeted audience and how do you know when you have reached that target audience in terms of what are those hard metrics that you're measuring against? So you've got fact rather than your personal interpretation because it's all too easy to think, oh, we did really well when perhaps the response rate or the hard metrics don't quite Um, extend to um, verify those facts and then the sort of interpretation we we talked about um, how do you know when you've kind of reached that sort of target audience. So, for example, in the context of using students on a particular business challenge to solve a complex data problem using AI or machine learning, do you target the large big companies that probably have data scientists mm-hmm. do you target the larger end of the sme sector or do you go for the lower end of the sme market the challenges or the interpretation then comes in will they have a big enough or challenging enough problem will they have sufficient data and whether or not the organization fits the model that we're looking to blend the student with to use their academic skills to fulfill that knowledge or challenge at a data level. So this okay, is I'm when just going,
1: I'm ter- just, going to just going to stop you there just for a second because what I'm interested in is did any new insights come out of this discussion of this particular problem and analyzing in that particular way? Did
6: you get anything new out of this? um i i would say it was probably reiterating probably what we think as a team we need to be doing so from that point of view it's like having a sat nav telling us we're going on the right journey as opposed to would you say that's fair gabby it's really
4: interesting listening to you talking about it now because it's you've you've positioned it in a slightly different way so it I mean, it it was your problem. So have you received any kind of new thinking around it? I can't I can't answer that question because it wasn't my problem.
6: Um, I I think it's one of those sort of problems that is constantly um, being worked on both in the conscious but also the subconscious mind. Um, So I I think sometimes airing and talking these things through almost like a, a verbal mind map is quite useful. Well, reinforcing
1: can be a very useful thing as well, um, you don't have to find something brand new every time, uh, just to know as you say that you know you're on the right track that the sat nav is taking in the right direction can be very useful. So thanks for that. Um, that's that's a, a good reinforcement, shall we say. We're going to carry on Derek, we've got um, another group here, group five was Lynn, Phil and Tina. Phil's oh walking God. the dog, so I don't yeah. know if he took part or not, but Lynn and, and, and Tina certainly. Yeah. Whose um, problem was it?
4: It was my problem. Okay, and
1: are you happy to share it?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was, you know, trying to think of a problem. Um, I trained as a portrait artist after retiring from working in the university as mm-hmm. an HR manager. Um, and the problem with Covid is, of course, it's quite difficult to get commissions yes um and i'm not exhibiting but i am exhibiting at the end of october but it's been difficult and commissions are difficult because you really need to have the person there rather than just a picture or what have you because it's two-dimensional to two-dimensional so um i do have a website i sort of on facebook and sort of on linkedin but i don't do a lot with it so it was really how do i get a few more commissions um because obviously things are still a bit stalled sort of as to getting people in front of you. So. Um,
1: and was it Tina who was helping you with yeah, this then? Tina
4: was helping because obviously Phil, I think, was walking the dog.
1: And uh, Tina, what uh, what did you establish? What were the facts here?
8: So the fact was that um, Lynn felt that she didn't know where to get the commissions from. Yes. And so my suggestion, and I possibly didn't follow all of your steps, Alex, so I'm sorry about that. My suggestion was you worked at a university, you have thousands of people who've come through that university. We established we're the sort of same age. And now when something comes into my inbox from the university that I went to, I always click on it because it's like, what's happening there? And so my suggestion was people of a certain age, and probably I would have clicked on it 10 years, 15 years ago as well. One, they have the money for the portrait and two, they're interested in anything that comes from the university. So, so Lynn had said, well, they might not know her because she wasn't like, you know, a lecturer yes, or something. Yeah. And, and my point was actually, if it comes from the university that you went through, you're likely to click on it anyway. Yes. So although there is COVID, that I felt there was a, a huge market sitting there for her. Um, so that's, uh,
1: Tina, that's absolutely brilliant because I think okay. Lynn had a bit of a self-limiting belief there and you've opened up one avenue for her, yes. which is probably quite a rich scene, if I may say so. Yes, I mean, um,
4: as I said to, to uh, Tida, I, I the students wouldn't know me. There may be, still be some staff there that know me because yes. I was there a long time. Um, but as she said, you know, it's just the name coming up may just trigger people to, to have a look.
1: And just to ask for help, you know, you don't necessarily, you've got a network there of people who you can just ask for help.
4: And it's, it is an avenue I hadn't
0: thought Tim? of. Tim? I think that's very powerful. Uh, yes, uh,
5: I would suggest that if you're going to do university, at least in the States, there's great pride uh, of being alumni from Texas A&M, the University of Texas, Harvard. And so if you did a portrait with some symbol or logo of yeah. the school yeah. in the back, um, that there would be a nice gift that somebody could give a recent graduate or um, it may be an old alum, something yeah. like that. But I would consider—I love the university idea. Yes. I think that's yeah. brilliant uh, to add the logo um, for. That's—it's it's just a large segment of a segment of proud alums. Yeah, yeah, I think
4: that's true. And you do usually look for something to add to. You don't just do a portrait. You do
5: add. You—you you can get a logo. You can get a portrait. but Where can you get a logo with the portrait? And that's only from Lynn right now.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: I was just going to say, Alex, it's red hot, I think, um, for LinkedIn connections, having a university or a school. Um, so I think Tina's really onto something there. And I don't know, Len, if you're, you, you should be punching out some things with the hashtag of the school and also, um, you know, trying to get as many people onto that, onto your LinkedIn connections and then start posting something linked to the school and pictures, even a portrait or a picture or a picture of the school or, or whatever, I think that's a great idea. So
1: Derek, I, I, I can virtually guarantee that some of these ideas coming up will be of use to other people. So it may be a different problem in a slightly different context, but you can see how just sharing some of these ideas gets the creativity and the, you know, the ideas flowing. So it's, it's really good so far um we can either do uh one more or we can
0: let's do both both, alex let's go for it anyone leaves that needs to leave then just leave quietly that would be great give us a wave and
1: so we've got um gregor jill and mary um who had the problem there
3: Yeah, I had a problem. Are you okay with sharing it, Gregor? (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. So uh, I put a problem out from the industry. Let's say I'm working for the industry and we have many times the quality complaints, yeah. And of course I got two very, very good uh, proposals or observations from Jill and Mary. So the first one is uh, if we are, or, or organization is aware, that we have a problem because in many times we are just saying, "Yeah, our customer is again having another wishes, they are changing the things and so on." And I think it's important in the heads of the organization that they really recognize to have an issue, not always saying, "Yeah, the customer is not right." Yeah. And the second one is if uh, also it, if it is in the heads of our people, if these complaints can can help us to improve our products and our organizations Let's say, in, in our organization. So this is usual where people do not recognize. So we immediately jump to the facts. We want to measure the product. We want to see the characteristics and so on, but we are not in our hands, in our heads sure that this is really an issue. Yeah. And of course the root cause for the, for the issue is that we do not have uh, the production process under control or having it robust enough to produce okay parts, yeah, so.
1: Okay. Um, Jill and thought- Mary, do you want to add anything to that? What, what you brought to the uh, problem? No. Nope. Have we? Yeah,
8: I can't, I can't think of anything to add that Gregor hasn't actually okay. summarized.
1: Okay. Um, and we'll go on to the last group then we've got um i've got in front of me amy michael and nancy who had the problem
2: it was uh, it was me that had the the problem which in a nutshell conscious of time was to do with a family problem mm-hmm. very very large family here and uh, two people fell out major ways my brother and his daughter uh, cut a long story short they're both desperate to patch up but cannot due to the depth of the issue, which mm. I will not go into right now. Mm. Kind of very, very emotional,
3: yeah.
2: um, very difficult. It's been going on for 18 months. I'm the only one that's talking to the both of them. So there's a burden on me. Um, and we're just not knowing where to go. So i get some really good suggestions from Amy and Nancy.
1: Fantastic. Um, could you share one of those, if are you okay, just share one, what did they come up with?
2: There was three things. A- Amy came up with uh, one of the three I've heard of, which was chapters from the seven habits of highly effective people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the two that I haven't come across, which I'm really interested in, was Gary Chapman's uh, The Five Love Languages. Okay, not familiar with that at all. There's a few people the nodding
1: final- around the group, so that's, uh, that's good. Right,
2: cool. right, well, Excellent it really sounds resource. fascinating. Amy come up with that. Resource. Nancy came up with the Drama Triangle. Also, um, that sounds like the kind of triangle I've been in for 18 months and it it changes everybody moves from being victim to being different uh, uh, positions in this drama, which is the only way to describe it. So I'm going to be looking into all of these. And thank you both for those suggestions, Amy.
1: Well, look, I mean, absolutely brilliant. Well done. We've had two personal problems out of uh, seven. So that's uh, that's really good as well. Thanks for sharing those. Um, Now, what you've now got in front of you or what what we've done is just a little it's a little toolkit. So um, problem equals fact plus interpretation, store it away in your bag of tools and bring it out when it's useful. That's all I ask. And if you need some help uh, with going through that at any stage, just contact me and I will help you. There's no obligations at all. Um, I'm a bit like Derek. I want to help as many people as I can. So Derek back to you I think we've uh, we've romped through uh, seven yeah. different problems there
0: Alex thanks for doing that that was uh, fascinating actually in a different way of looking at things and a great exercise that uh, I think um, at least half the people on the show tonight live uh, coach other people so a great exercise to think about and also a great exercise for people maybe if they want some clarification um, to um, speak to you just to get a handle on that sort of summary, because I, I threw a problem at you um, earlier on, didn't I? Which we hadn't discussed. And um, I saw your eyes moving in all sorts of directions as we know from the NLP is that, so when you're searching out the answers and you're clearly very good at that and you've been doing it for a long time. So um, can I thank you for uh, joining us tonight? Um, we'll keep the, uh, We'll close the recording down. But uh, we'll um, put this on YouTube, put it on the podcast. So listen to it again. And uh, if you're watching this as the recording, please like it or send Alex a message or send him a thank you, uh, whatever. So uh, I just
1: have one final thing. So if anybody's watching it that's not live, please send Derek your top tip for getting to 1 million touch points by the end of next year, 2022. Send him a note uh, or a text or a WhatsApp or whatever.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, everybody. And uh, see you next week.